do. Fly ball, left field, tagging from third is Suarez. Goodell comes running in. He's under it, makes the catch. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is. Welcome back to the Stupid Money Podcast. It's been a while since we did an episode, actually, and a lot has happened. Uh, spring break was in there and all kinds of good stuff, so we were away. But World Baseball Classic ended last night. Wanted to wait till that was over to get an episode out. The U.S. lost to Japan in the championship 3-2. to two. Both of the U.S. runs came on solo home runs by Phillies players. Trey Turner, tournament of his life with five home runs in this tournament. Insane. I, the hype is real with him. We're going to get into him later. We're going to talk about him. But I, I don't know about you. I think the actual Phillies would have won that game last night, though, over that all-star team. Yeah, um, I don't know about that. But it, it was weird. Not weird to see. But, like, over the last, like, decade, we're not really used to, like, our guys being, like, the guy. But, like, the whole right. tournament was just, like, our three dudes were in the lineup and when chances are if there was like action going on for the USA or if we were scoring runs, like one of those three were involved, whether it was Turner or JT hit 500 in the tournament, Mm -hmm. which Schwarber did when he played, he hit bombs. But like, it was just for once it's like, it's our guys being the difference in a good way. Yeah, that's, that's true. I, I don't think we had anyone on the 2017 team. I can't remember. I don't know if I, I can't remember if Jimmy Rollins or like Utley ever played then, like in 09 or anything. I, that that Utley might have played the one year. I can't remember for sure. Yeah. That's as like a backup. I yeah, I, I'm having a hard time uh, remembering. But you know, to me that was so funny because outside of Harper being hurt, I think that was the best lineup the U.S. could have brought. Mm-hmm. And it well, was like I will it, say last night, like. Kyle Tucker not playing is crazy. Yeah, that was a little weird. Yeah. But other than that, yeah. Yeah. Um, the bullpen, I'd say, was like the B plus or A team. Like it, it was as good as it's gonna get. But the starting rotation was literally the D team. And I know they lost three to two, but it just feels like the starting rotation is what did them in. I mean, it, it, it was a winner-take-all championship game, and the two pitchers the U.S. threw were Merrill Kelly and uh, Freeman. So that was... Yeah, it was like... Not, again, like, they only gave up three runs, so, like, I guess they, they did their job, and you expect that lineup to score more than two, even though Japan yeah. is really good pitching. But, like, it's just demoralizing when Turner hits the home run in the second and then literally the first pitch in the bottom of the inning is like 800 feet. Yeah, that, that was nuked. It wasn't so. even close. Yeah, <laughs> the, the outfielders didn't even turn around on that one. It was yeah. pretty funny. Uh, Kyle Freeland, I said Freeman, but yeah, Freeland. Um, yeah, so that was a little disappointing of an ending. Enter- entertaining tournament, though. I thought that was fun. But uh, on of the Phillies who, during, I guess, during the WBC, like spring training really takes a back seat. Like, I, haven't, I didn't remember that as much in 2017, yeah. but 
I didn't watch like a single spring training game while the WBC was on. It was weird. I think it was because we had so many guys there too that I didn't mm -hmm. feel the need. You know, really, because the Phillies' four best offensive players aren't in spring training right now because three of them were there and Harper's hurt. So I, I don't know. To me, there wasn't a lot of reason to watch it. But a lot has gone on, and a lot of it, I guess, not too great from an injury standpoint with the rotation. Obviously, the last time we spoke was right when Andrew Painter got hurt. He's still on a to-be-determined. And now Ranger Suarez has inflammation, and Todd Zalecki said he's likely going to start the season on the 15-day IL. And that's with Christopher Sanchez and Nick Nelson also out. So the pitching depth they thought they had isn't really there right now. Yeah, uh, luckily, they, I, I believe that they said that the Ranger thing wasn't structural. Like they're they're not overly concerned about it. I think it's just more so he won't be fully built up for opening day, which does suck. But I guess, knock on wood, they dodged the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they. I think earlier, like in the free agent process, Strom said that he like wanted to start, and then he came here and it was like, well, you're you're not starting here. We have all these guys. Painter's going to be the fifth guy, and all of a sudden he's probably going to start as the fifth man opening day, maybe even be there for, I mean, if Rangers shut down right now with the inflammation, like it will take time to build them up. So Strom might be there for all of May, which yeah. he's like fine as a, as a number five. Like I'm not mad about it. It's just the depth that we thought we had isn't necessarily there right now. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, the one thing I will say is, it opens the door. We were talking about this opens the door for some of these other guys who've had good springs in the bullpen. We were talking about uh, Marte is a possibility now to take Strom's spot in the bullpen if Strom starts. So, you know, that's not bad. I guess in a way it kind of works out that they get another arm that was having a good spring into the bullpen and then still have Strom on the team in a capacity. So I, I guess it works itself out eventually, but I, I, we'll have to see what happens there. Yeah, I I definitely rather Strom too because like Plasmeyer's not really yeah. done anything for me as far as like moving the needle because he was one of the guys that was supposedly competing for the fifth spot and like he I think he's a good like depth piece to have but I even though the depth is kind of depleted right now I don't think he's the guy you want as your five going into the season. Yeah, and maybe it's unrelated, but the fact they released Mark Appel tells me maybe they're not too concerned about their pitching depth that they think these guys will be back. I know, you know, Pell wasn't much of anything, but he's at least a body and one that has pitched in the majors. So if they're going to release him. I, that tells me they're not overly concerned about the situation. Yeah. Especially because he's a guy who was here last year. So he kind of has yeah. experience at least in citizens bank park and with the clubhouse and kind of what Caleb Cotham wants as far yeah. as like a, a bullpen guy coming out, whether it's sequencing or routine or something like that, how they want to attack hitters. So if they're willing to part ways with a guy who has familiarity within the organization, yeah, I, I don't think it's too too big of an issue, at least right now, or at yeah. least they're trying to hide it if it is. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so moving on past the pitching, Bryce Harper, not going on the 60-day IL to start the season. Dabrowski said, you know, if I knew there wasn't a chance, you know, he'd be on there or whatever. I I don't – I guess it's good news. I don't take it as 
he's definitely coming back though. I just take it as it's not to the point yet where we have to make that decision because they can uh, retroactivate this to, I don't know when the beginning of spring training or something like that, the beginning of the season. So it, it, it doesn't make that much of a difference, I guess, but it, the fact they're not ruling it out, I guess is somewhat encouraging. Yeah, uh, a lot of the tweets were like, "Oh, he could be back as soon as May 29th." Now, I don't, I don't think that's even right. remotely possible. I think more so of everybody was saying maybe early July, like late June at best. Maybe this just means like second week of June, and they're being a little bit more optimistic than before. But I think the people who are saying he could be back like the last week of May, like Memorial Day weekend, that's like crazy. Like, we've seen him heal relatively quickly before, like with the thumb last year. But I don't know. To come back Memorial Day from Tommy John surgery in November would be, like, crazy. It would be. My my thing is, maybe he is, from uh, a, a batting standpoint, ready to come back. But are they waiting for till the arm you know, where he could play the field, are they going to wait that out? Or is it, okay, the second he could swing, he's up, and then we'll wait until he can throw another month or two. Just having the bat back is enough for us. Like, that's that's something I'm, I'm interested in, what the thought process is there. If, if I had to guess, I'd say they're going to try and get the, the bat back first. Just because I, Tommy John's probably what? nine tw- like nine to 11 months in that yeah. range if he like for full throwing like just to tossing and it probably takes like seven to eight months so that'd be like probably may or june before he could start like tossing again so i think if if they were going the wait till the arms fully healthy to get him back route i think he'd be on the 60 day right now yeah that's true yeah i, I think it also depend on how the team's doing too, if, you know, how long is his rehab stint going to be? Mm-hmm. He He's, I think they said he's actually, he's hitting off a tee now. I'm yeah. pretty sure. And he might even be getting some soft toss at this point. So if he's in some kind of simulated game by the middle of April, I, I think you're on a track for early June. So I, I think that is kind of the best case at this point. Obviously, the last time we thought Harper was going to be on like a two week rehab assignment, it was two days because he hit like four home runs or whatever. So I, I, it's a little different this time just because he still has to get his timing down and all that. You know, that was the middle of the season. This is the beginning of the year. So I do expect it to take a little longer, even if he is mashing again. Yeah. I think, I like you said, I think he's on some sort of soft toss program right now just because. They said, like, he reported late to camp because they said there was no reason for him to be there with mm-hmm. where he was in his rehab. And then right around the time when he reported, which I think it was maybe two weeks ago, it was around, like, the yes. 7th or the 9th, um, they said he was just starting to, like, dry swing. So I don't know how fast you move from the dry swings to T-work to soft toss with that type of injury. But it, I'd, I'd say that definitely by the end of the month, He'll probably be at least taking some sort of soft toss or mm-hmm. getting back on a a slow hitting plan to progress towards simulated games. Yeah, I, I think that is 
the best case you can hope for there. Uh, in his place, though, Jake Cave in 40 at-bats this spring. 425 average, three homers, leads the team with 12 RBIs, OPS of 1352. I mean, I know it's 40 at-bats in his spring training, but if they needed a lefty outfield replacement for Harper, uh, I don't I don't think they could have asked for a better sign than what Jake Cave has given them so far. Yeah, do you do you just stick him in right and just get Castellanos out of the field completely? It it seems like a it seems like it might happen at least three times a week, maybe. I it's just it's so tough because the the goal going in with like the Jake Cave signing or like like Kingry hanging around or Guthrie, it's like we want a guy who can play center field. Well, if yeah. you're doing that, like Cave has exceeded expectations as far as spring training goes. We'll mm-hmm. have to gauge it when it's a regular season game and they matter. But if he keeps doing this, you're going to have to put him in right field. But then you're running the, the track of – does Jake Cave play six days a week to relieve Marsh in center field? Like that's he's playing too well for what they intended him to be right now, which isn't a bad problem to have. Right. But then you're still kind of looking like where's our backup center fielder? Yeah. So I'm looking right now. Uh, Jake Cave played 15 innings in center field last year. In his career, he's pl- now his career the most innings he's played at a position is center field. But of course we're talking about a guy who's now 30. Most of this was when he was like 25, 26. Mm-hmm. So I guess he could, I mean, they, they keep sticking Sosa out there every other day I see. So they're kind of hell bent on that at this point, just because I think cause Derek Hall needs to make the team at this point. Cause they feel yeah. they need the power. And obviously he's had a good spring too. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not mad about obviously Hall has to be there. And Harrison and Sosa have um, contracts that are guaranteed, so they're well, going to be Sosa's there. Also, Sosa's also hitting like 500 and slugging yeah. 930. So if he could play like an adequate center field, I don't know how you could keep him off the field. Yeah, you know, that's to me why the Harrison thing was a little interesting because you know you had Sosa who – is a defensive ace and it looks like they kind of figured something out with the bat that the Cardinals couldn't. Mm-hmm. And then instead of getting a versatile outfield guy, like a Duvall who could play all three spots, they went with another infielder. Which, that, that was a little weird to me. I, I don't totally get that. So we'll see what they do there. But I, I think in a way they've kind of messed that up because looking at their roster, they had way more infield options than outfield options. Yeah, and even, like, I know we've been down the path a hundred times with Kingry, but, like, he's not having a bad spring, mm-hmm. and he's he's a majority of the time infielder, but he's played center field in the big leagues for us before. But it's like you're committing $2 million to Harrison. You can't really take – like, he's exactly what Kingry is in the infield, except mm-hmm. Kingry can play center. But if you're giving one guy – like if you signed Harrison specifically this season, I don't, I don't think you could take them both. Yeah, that that is the problem they have, and of course, Kingry's owed more money than mm-hmm. Harrison. So, I, you know, with Sosa there, I don't know why they just didn't go to the spring and it's like, okay, if Kingry proves it to us, then he's also on the team with Sosa. Instead, they kind of 
tied themselves to giving money to two guys with only one realistically making the team. So that was a little odd, but you know, it's not the worst problem to have, I guess, for, if that's what we're talking about. So uh, I'm not overly concerned, I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's the end of the world though. Whether it's Guthrie and he just gets as like the limit his at bats as much as possible and just like play him once or twice a week maybe just to get Marsh off his feet, but mm-hmm. I it's it's a good problem to have if the biggest spring training discussions your fifth bench spot. Yeah, for sure, and you know Marsh at his age doesn't need to be off his feet as much, which helps. I, I think mm-hmm. the problem is more uh, at the at the plate, you know, him as a lefty facing all the righties all the time. So we are the lefties. I mean, but we will see what happens there. I mean, I guess. They, they did say like in early in the off season, they said we want him to be the everyday guy and hit against lefties. Mm-hmm. So I think they like last year, they platooned him a lot. One, they had the resources with Veerling to yeah. platoon him. And two, they didn't really know him like that well. Now he's had a full off season under his belt with Kevin Long, kind of the just the uh, the tinkering that they did with his swing when he came from the Angels. He's had a full off season to get comfortable with it. So I think we'll see him against lefties a lot more. Yeah, I, I guess they have to trust him at this point if the other options are as slim as they are. All right, so Trey Turner has set the world on fire the past week with what he did in the WBC. And I was already on this train before this happened, but I realistically think he has a pretty good chance to win NL MVP. So put together my reasonings here because I wanted to back them up because I was talking to someone who works in the sports gambling industry. And I was like, Trey Turner, NL MVP. And they're like, you're being a homer, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, just hear me out. So here's what we're going with. All right. So reason one, and I don't know why it's off-centered like that. This thing does not set up right when you're putting it on here. But we already know Trey Turner is probably the fastest player in baseball. So now he also gets larger bases, and we have the limit on the throwovers by pitchers before it's a balk or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So we know we know Turner is going to probably steal more bases because – the Phillies were one of the most aggressive baseline teams last year, and now they have Turner. So I, I just imagine that is going to continue drastically this season. And the more times he steals base, the more time he's on second, the more times he's on third, the more the more likely it is he scores a run. So, I mean, that's pretty simple. So we're talking about runs scored here and stolen bases going up. Yeah. And with the shift eliminated – if Turner bats first and Schwarber's second, Harper's third, or whatever happens when Harper comes back, we're talking about two lefties that no longer have to deal with this with the shift, who will now be driving in more runs because of that. And if Turner's on second base, he's gonna be scoring a lot more runs because those balls that get through the infield are now gonna be going to the outfielder instead of being snagged by the shortstop or second baseman who's ever playing the middle of right field. So more chance to score again. I think he's going to score a lot more runs. And we just kind of talked about this with Marsh, but I think Bryson Stein and Brandon Marsh are two guys that are going to be in for an improved season as they start to become regular players like Schwarber and Harper lefties. So without the shift, going to get a few more hits, get on base more. And both are faster players. And like Turner, the rules will help them steal more bases. And, 
look, they weren't that bad in the second half of last year. Marsh, when he came over, 773 OPS, uh, hit 280 with the Phillies. And then Stott, after he became the everyday guy when they released Gregorius, 280 with a similar OPS of 739. Those guys on base more with the way Turner looks at the plate, he's going to drive in a lot more runs. And this was my favorite one, but this is Turner's spray chart from last season overlaid with Citizens Bank Park. Now, obviously, only half the games are played here, so we'll take half these numbers. But I counted, and I think there was 12 to 14 more home runs that were on there. So we'll take six to seven more. I, I guess best way to put it, I don't know, that fly out on the foul pole. I don't know what the hell that was. But, yeah, so the, the pinkish ones are home runs. The blues are doubles. The yellows are triples. And the grays are flyouts, And whites are errors. I think there's a couple close. So, yeah, a lot, even a lot of those flyouts that were caught look like they hit the wall at Citizens Bank Park. So I see him hitting a lot more home runs and then a lot of those fly a lot of those doubles turn to home runs all those flyouts turn to doubles so i i think his production is going to go up and you know we had the problem with Cassianos last year about you know new city not adapting and all that turner played in this division for five and a half years mm-hmm. he knows that he knows citizens bank park well he knows nationals park extremely well he, he played at city he played at the brave stadium he played down at marlins park he he played in these parks for five and a half years he knows the cities he knows the parks and you know the the spotlight isn't a big thing either either he won a world series with the nationals he played in la for a year and a half i'm he just tore up the wbc those kind of Mm -hmm. things that kind of we kind of had a problem with with cassianos i don't really see with turner so i really don't think it's too out of the question that if he stays healthy turner has a 300 average, 30 homer, 30 double, 100 RBIs, 100 runs, 40 stolen base season. Yeah, I I didn't think it was possible to be like more excited about him. And then <laughs> the last week and a half happened. Yeah, and the like the next eight days to get to opening day can't go by quick enough. But like I got the update today, he's like the number one overall ranked player in like ESPN fantasy baseball mm-hmm. this year. Like he's just gonna have an insane year. And like you were talking about, if he's hitting leadoff or whatever and once Bryce gets back, it's Schwarber, Harper, Rio Muto, Castellanos, Hoskins. Like, he's going to get so many more pitches to hit just because, like, they are going to challenge him. He's not going to be able to be pitched around because they want to limit the guys that are on base in front of all the guys who just hit tanks behind them. So he's just going to get – not that he hasn't seen pitches hit before because right. he's been in good lineups pretty much his entire career. But, yeah, he's he's just going to get so many strikes to hit, and he's not a guy who typically misses strikes if he gets them. Like we saw last week, if he was throwing a fastball, it was being sent into the stands. And like you said about uh, like the, the stage being too big, um, a lot of like Dodgers fans were saying that the sign there was like, oh, he disappears in the playoffs. Like, take him. We don't. We just saw him hit five home runs in like the World Cup of baseball yeah. in the last week. Like the the stage being too big for him is definitely not a concern. Like he's champion in major leagues. He's done it pretty much his entire career as far as just being as consistent as can be. 
So I don't I don't think it's an issue. Yeah, I could I could definitely see him easily winning the MVP if he has a full healthy season. Yeah, and the other thing I didn't add in there is a lot of the other candidates are playing on teams that have another candidate, like Betson Freeman, Arenado and Goldschmidt, Riley mm-hmm. Acuna Olsen on the same team, Lindor and Alonso. Whereas with Harper Hurt, it's pretty much him. Now, we know Real Mito got a lot of votes last year, and Schwarber got a couple for all the home runs. But in terms of guys who could realistically win the award, he really doesn't have anyone to contend with. Because even if Harper is back May 29th, that's still too many games missed to really get the necessary amount of votes unless he hit like 50 home runs in the last 110 games. But that's not going to happen. So I, I, I think that's another thing that works in its advantage is – He's the only guy on his team getting votes, whereas these other teams are going to have two or three guys splitting them. Yeah, and like with the the only like you said, the only other guy who like realistically is like an MVP type guy on the Phillies is Harper, and they just won't give it to like a full time DH. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see that without because real like he could have easily been in the conversation last year. Yeah, obviously he missed a month and a half or ten weeks or whatever he missed, but. He definitely, like, numbers-wise, he definitely could have been up there. And the thought of giving it to a full-time DH, even with, like, Jordan in the American League, like, it's just not going to happen. So, yeah, yeah, Turner, This at least this season, like, Turner will be our guy if we have an MVP come from Philly. Yeah, I, I think so. So, extremely excited about him. I, I do think he's going to put up a season similar to what we saw when Jimmy Rollins won the MVP in mm-hmm. 07 or whenever that was, 07. So, yeah, I think it's honestly going to be the most exciting season we've seen from a player since then. I know Howard had a bunch of seasons going nuclear with home runs and Harper won the MVP, but in terms of just doing a little bit of everything like Rollins did, I I think this is the closest or possibly better than that that we're going to see. So I'm definitely excited for that. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we're kind of out of it for this week. Early next week, we're going to come back, season predictions, everything from the record to what's going to happen in the playoffs, guys we think are going to have a good year, guys with a bad year. So uh, be on the lookout for that probably next Tuesday or Wednesday with the season starting next Thursday. I I guess the WBC kind of took my mind off of it. The season kind of crept up in a way. It it really Mm -hmm. did. Once the WBC started, like the countdown of the season just flew by, I feel like. Yeah, between that and March Madness, when yeah. I saw uh, like the Edwin Diaz new, or the Nimmo news, they were like, mm-hmm. yeah, he won't be ready for opening day in like two weeks. I was like, wow, that happened very quickly. I think the Phillies should just go on deep playoff runs every year and the offseason will go by like that. Yeah, that, that is true. Yeah, that that would be nice. Uh, really quick, I, did, I saw the Phillies played at Tropicana today and I got Mickey Moniak, PTSD. I was very, I was very worried about this game, but thankfully, it sounds like nothing bad happened. So we're in the clear there. Yeah. All right. For Alex, I'm Alec. We'll see you next.